You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the fields of Trenzalore, where the doctor stands. Step one, vocal fam. Oh, I should probably My mic is slightly too me. hot, I think. I didn't even have mine pointed at me. It was actually pointed at you, so this would have been a very exciting episode. Step one, vocal fam. Is your signal chain all set? No. Do you have your phantom power turned on? And as some of us probably should have learned before yesterday, make sure it's turned off before you unplug fancy mics. I didn't break anything. I just... That's right, Vocal Fam. Sarah I and I were back playing in the lab yesterday. Woohoo! Uh, going back over things like signal chain. Vocal Fam, are you sick of hearing about signal chain? Has signal chain ruined your online teaching experience? I hope not. <laughs> I hope it's made your online teaching experience. Signal chain. Although yeah. if you have problems and you're running Voce Vista or you're doing something online with online lessons, you're using mics, the likelihood that the problem is actually in the signal chain is, I'm going to say 90%. I buy that. Let's go with a number like 90. But the struggle with like the online lessons is if it's not your signal chain. Like if it's on your end, uh, I feel like that's yes. a lot easier to troubleshoot. But it could be your student's signal on your chain. S- student's end. I actually ran into this this week. Yeah. Student in China, and we're on Zoom because it's China, and uh, their mic just had the gnarliest. When they were speaking, it was fine. Yeah. But the on, they would just have an onboard laptop mic. The onboard laptop mic on it like had the gnarliest auto gain I've ever seen. That's unfortunate. In and they don't speak great English and yeah. so I wasn't able to like try to walk them through checking Zoom's settings because I wasn't even sure if they were like on an iPad where you can't even do that yeah, yeah. or if they were on it anyway. Vocal fam, how you doing? How's it going? It's just Sarah and me today. It is. Man, You're can I just us. say how about Dr. Guerrero last week? Oh my god. Guerrero. That was you just wanted a chance to say the last name again. No, I just to didn't practice. want to say it wrong. Um, but Li- Lily was great, huh? Oh my gosh, that was a great episode. Wow, was... not for not because of what we did. Oh no, shoot! I don't the two of us really idiots just spoke. sat here. <laughs> uh, That's honestly like when we have guests on. I'm like, you know what? You talk. This is your thing. I didn't write this book. I didn't. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> I didn't write this What book. do I have to say that, like, I'm, yeah. Well, and then last week, like, I I am white and yeah. don't have a whole, whole lot, like, my comments are going to be very trite. We need and, to listen. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the things we learned last week, I right? Do we need to listen. know how to do that sometimes. No, but we need to all learn to do it better. Yeah. And then, and then be an advocate and an ally. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, cool. All right. Anyway, vocal fam. So if you've it, actually, if you're here and you've not listened to last week's episode, you, totally you need to go. You need to stop listening to this week's episode. Go listen to last week's and episode. Go back and listen to, you can always come back to Liana's 
episode from last week. Yeah. Anyway, Vocal Fam, um, multiple things on the agenda for today. I actually, oh gosh, I'm going to say it. <laughs> I wondered when we'd hit this. Sarah. Yeah. We're going to do a breathing episode again. Oh, that's actually not what I thought you were about to say. <laughs> what was I, I, what was I about, about to say? I you were to say your exciting news. I mean, I know you've already posted it, but... Oh, yeah, Vocal Fam. So, uh, wow. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um, I've, known for, I've known for some time now. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, we are a, fi- uh, we are a, p- a podcast on the Natscast Podcast Network. What? Did you know that, Vocal Fam? What? You know, we never mention it. <laughs> Uh, well, we did at the That's beginning, sarcasm. and That's sometimes sarcasm. we okay. All right. Well, we mentioned Nats a lot. I need to lot. work on my like. We mentioned Nats a lot, but we don't necessarily mention Nats cast a That's lot. True. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nats, uh, the National Association of Teachers of Singing, um, has um, a two-year uh, term for executive board members. It's national officers, and um, about this time last year, I guess couple that people right. a few people someone who we know well uh reached out to me and was like so you're gonna consider national office and then a couple people were like so how about i nominate you for national office hey. thank you to them and then um some other people wrote letters of support for that or whatever it was and then eventually i did submit my name and it's it's i will say for those of you who th- assume that the Nats nominating process is like some kind of like, um, you know, rigged event or something, I want you to know that the nominating committee, this time chaired by Karen Brunson, our past president, is a rigorous process. It is not unlike interviewing for an academic job. That's good. Um, I then ended up having to have references, and those references had Zoom calls with the committee. I had a Zoom call the with the... references had Zoom calls? The references had That's Zoom intense. calls with the committee. That's intense. Then I had Zoom calls with the com- call. That, make, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That yes. I buy. The Zoom calls, like... Because normally, you know, you go and you put your references down, and you put their phone numbers and stuff, and, like, half the time... Does anybody even call them? Yeah, in academic jobs we do. Oh. We call all of them. Really? <laughs> I call all of them. I stalk them on Facebook. Amazing. I, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. Well, then. That's a different issue. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. So uh, we have a two-year nominating cycle, and uh, this week um, in Internos, our quarterly, oh, gosh, newsletter. Uh, did I just say that right? I forget. I think it's quarterly. Um, Internos, uh, the slate of officers, of nominated officers for the 2022-2024 term came out. And um, very excited to have um, our incoming president, our current future president, uh, Diana Allen, taking over, of course, as president. Um, but Alexis Davis Hazel, my friend from the University of Alabama, being nominated uh, as our incoming future president, president-elect. That was the word I was looking for that I couldn't say. Um, and many other friends on the on the executive team, but also that I, Perna, yours truly, has been um, nominated as vice president for outreach. And um, it is a responsibility that I will not take lightly. And it is one that um, I really hope to help our colleagues 
and the organization make an impact. Nats has done, as I told the nominating committee, Nats sort of gave me everything. And not through auditions, because actually, I don't know if you knew this, vocal fam, Perna never did Nats auditions. Did you really not? Never, ever. Amazing. So that's a thing. Um, and But Nats professionally has given me, I feel like, everything. Largely because... It was Nat's members and colleagues who I had met through conferences and workshops mm-hmm. uh, who were there for me during the dark times. Those connections are, are huge. You get to meet people and really connect with people that you would never encounter otherwise. And um, if it were not for them, I would not ha- enjoy the career that I now enjoy. And there would have been no you know, publications in Journal of Singing. There would have been no... No podcast? Honestly, probably if it were not for that, them help those specific colleagues like John Nix and and uh, Don Miller and and those one may he rest in peace and uh, other colleagues um, helping me through the really dark times. Uh, there would be no vocal fry. No, that is. That'd be very sad. That is correct. You and I would not know each other. I'm yeah. So anyway, vocal fam, look, um, I'm really excited. Um, our turn. Uh, the election actually now runs. Nats nominates a slate of officers because it's a very rigorous process to be nominated, um, and um, that slate of officers now gets voted upon by the organization as our per our bylaws. Uh, that those elections go from October until January, which is also our dues renewal period. That's right, Vocal Fam. October one, Nats dues renewal. It's time. It's, it's time. Happening. It's open. Say, is it already October? Does it's open. Happen? It's October one. Someone tell me how I'm supposed to go vote for this stuff. Uh, I'm sure it's in an email somewhere. It will be coming in an email. I don't know that the elections are actually open yet. Um, but but it will and start. Is already. But it will start this month. Also, there's a couple of other you know deadlines for Nats coming up. Um, the 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 intern program applications are out now, and mm. uh, the today was the last day to sign up for the National Mentoring Collaborative. Um, the Van Lawrence Award is out. That's for the 15th of November every year. A lot uh, happening right now. Yeah, and it's I imagine, and I would think this month uh, the national conference program will be released publicly. Uh, That's I always would, exciting. It typically, is in October ish. Um, so lots of exciting things, and we're all hoping to be in Chicago together, vaccinated. And I hope so. We'd like to say our uh, heartfelt um, thoughts with the Aladdin cast um, after having that COVID outbreak. Oh, no. A day a day after opening and getting shut down. I didn't know. That. I missed uh, that. Nine cast members tested positive, and they oh had to gosh. shut down a day after opening. Um, so. We're not quite out of this thing yet, Vocal Fam. We're nope. getting there, but we're not quite there yet. Um, Perna's also kind of relieved because guess this what? This is a big week for y'all. I submitted paperwork to book our spring musical, which I'm not announcing yet. Oh, I definitely thought you were referring to your son getting vaccinated. Oh, yes. I'm just all also, over the place today. my son. It got his first shot this week. So Woo-hoo. we all, I, I exhaled for the first time in 19 and a half months. Uh, anyway, all right. So vocal fam, well, now that that's sort of the preamble. Oh, and, yeah. I, and, and at the end, after we talk about breathing a little bit here, yeah. I do want to talk about a few things. Okay. ScarJo Disney. 
Oh yeah, I, I saw like an article uh, about that. Today. RTD. RTD. What? A- Doctor Who. Oh yes. So ScarJo Disney RTD. Um, probably also in the Disney thing. We should also probably cover uh, the What If episode because like. Well, I was going to say the Steve Ditko estate, Stanley estate lawsuit. Oh yeah, I saw well, about that. Anyway, all right, but and first the uh, Boba Fett show. They released a date. Yeah, Man which is time. December what? 29th? That, Does sound, that, sound, that, right? sound, that sounds right. It was after Christmas. It was after anyway. Christmas. They need Spider-Man to end. They need Spider-Man to happen, I should say. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a big spoiler in the Venom. Venom had a post credit <laughs> scene. I haven't seen that. Big but. spoiler. Just came out. Big, is, big spoiler. Is big. it a spoiler related to the picture with the hat that's been going around the internet? Picture with the hat. I don't think I've seen a picture Tom with Tom Hardy hat. wearing a baseball cap. This no, It's the No Way Home. Oh, yeah. That to, all the is, to, is it related to that? It's, it is, yes. That's what I figured. It's related to uh, uh, your friendly neighborhood Honestly, superhero. I need to watch. I haven't seen either of the Venom movies. I mean, I know one just came out. Um, But so anyway. Anyway. So go see Venom. Let there but be the carnage. the thing we were actually going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Remember back, way back when, Vocal Fam, maybe some of you were here in the before times. The before times? Yeah, before BC, before Corona. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a whole new, th- oh, do we get to start a new era? Literally. It would be epic. <laughs> there was what happened before. There's BC. Before Corona. AC. And after then BC Corona. again. <laughs> yeah, sort of. BC. We're just cycling at this point. Uh, we're not cycling. We're, we're getting better all the time, like the Beatles. Um, anyway. Anywho. Back in the before times, we did an episode. When we started this podcast, I swore I would never do an episode about breathing. And yet. And yet. We were about to embark. Roughly about two years ago, actually. Has it been two years? Oof. It was the first year you moved to Atlanta. You're right. You're right. We did an episode called... Just plainly, the breathing episode. The breathing. Oh gosh, um, yeah. Now that you use that, what are we going to call this one? <laughs> breathing undone. That's what I want to call it. Seriously. Okay, okay. Breathing undone. I like it. I like it. Very dramatic. Uh, breathing undone. The sequel. It sounds like. Uh, see, that sounds like a soap opera to me. Like I um, flip. Like the news. The morning news has gone off. Your parents have left the TV on, and next thing you walk through, and it's breathing. undone. Bunch of Except in around. Spanish, and it's a telenovela. Oh. <laughs> See, your parents had a different TV channel on, I guess. No, it was just Miami. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. Television. Remember when television was a thing? Like, just randomly having random channels on? Not yeah, and just, just random stuff would come on. Streaming You'd wake everything? up, wow. it's 10 o'clock at night, and the George Lopez show has come on. That really loud, like, intro. I don't think I've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I've never watched an actual episode. I mean, like, I remember leaving the TV on as a child and, like, our, waking up in Arsenio Hall was on. Yeah, see, I don't See, there, there's a throwback, Vogel fam. There's a throwback right there. Okay, well, um, some of y'all get the George Lopez thing. You know it. Bill Clinton playing a saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Anyway, way no, I, back. I really don't know Wait, what that no, is. Don't Uh-oh. go to sleep. Don't go to sleep computer dun, dun, dun. anyway so breathing episode the breathing episode. so we did a breathing episode and if you know my pedagogy if you don't know my pedagogy perna does not foreground respiration in That's my true. pedagogy like very true, actually it doesn't mean that you don't need to breathe to sing well and it doesn't mean you don't address it ever, and it doesn't ever. mean that i never address it either but i don't try to foreground it 
at, and I particularly what we said in the episode is I don't elevate it to the pinnacle, the pinnacle. of this uh. will fix your life's problems. Man, I wish there was something that simple. Well, other than like, like Jesus. you mean if if you could like expand your rib cage and take a diaphragmatic breath and it would fix all your life's problems? Like, like if I just, I'm gonna simplify it to just singing for now. I'm not gonna jump into the whole life philosophy thing, but like, you could take a breath, sing a note, and everything would be fine. Everything would just be perfect. Just like, oh yes, if you just crook your pinky this way, boom, singing perfect. Let's hope that that's the case. Everybody try crooking their pinky. Anyway, see what happens. Uh, Let me know. If, if we if if we told them that they that would actually work, and we made them believe it, it would work. That would be the scam of the century, guys. Anyway, or Anywho. just good placebo effect. That too. Anyway, in that episode, so we talked about the fact that you know, kind of not foregrounded, and that that, and we went into some specifics. Like for example, my favorite saying you can't just blow more air against a flabby glottis <laughs> okay i don't know why i always find that so upsetting <laughs> um so if your glottis is not phonating efficiently just it's, putting more air pressure against it is probably really not, not. It, it, could it help maybe is it probably the thing probably not and we talked about a lot of other things. So if you want to listen to that part, it was about two years ago, back in the feed, probably September or October of 2019. I would believe. In the before times. Uh, but today, I want to talk about when I do address respiration in a voice lesson. Breathing undone. Breathing undone. Okay. Now, let me just say, first of all, that typically, if I come in and have a totally amateur singer who's never had a voice lesson before. Like, let's say that, you know, freshman, not really with any kind of background. Yeah, they just decided. Or like a high schooler. I don't teach high schoolers right now, but let's like, let's say I did. Mm -hmm. Would I probably address some things about respiration not too far into their lessons? Probably. Like, like you know, and and this actually relates to the second point. Particularly if I saw them doing something weird. I buy that. Like if they're doing something weird, like if they are taking a remarkably clavicular breath. I was going to say, I've had some, like, when I was teaching middle schoolers, like they go for that, they think they need that big breath. And I mean, their shoulders are just like up at their ears. And I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, please stop. And then they go to belt back to before as a 12 year old. (laughs) No, I I don't do that. Because that life experience lines right up. Yep. No, excuse me. I should have said, sorry, that was very 1998. They go to belt burn. Or they go to belt something from Frozen. Let it go. These are middle schoolers. No, back, what's this? No, not 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 let it go. That's the first one. What's let the? Let it go. Into no, the unknown. The, in, into the unknown. Into the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Into the unknown. But yeah, anyway. their shoulders are like at their ears, arms wide. And I'm like, whoa. Right. So obviously in that case, if I was teaching a, a younger student, at new to studying Honestly, whatever. even an older student at that point, I'd be like, whoa. Okay, now whoa. so this gets into it. Now, I would like to say that there are more than one way to sing. What? Shock. Not just stylistically. There are certainly techniques that probably work better for one style or another. Yeah. And we want to foreground that in this discussion. We're, we cool. I'd also like to foreground that 
different anatomies probably call for different, different uh, approaches. approaches, even different somatic and proprioceptive awareness. Absolutely. Require different, probably, ideas or gestures or images or, you know, when, but going back to the physical idea, if you have somebody who's like totally, absolutely shredded in their abs, they are probably going to experience their breath sensations slightly differently than someone who has more subcutaneous tissue. Is yeah. that a fair statement? Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's just foreground that idea and we want to recognize that. And we also recognize that there are many different singing techniques out there, many of which can work. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? If it got written down somewhere, it probably worked for somebody. For someone. Like at some point, if it got written down in a book or an article or... Well, I'm sure if you compiled every know, blog person post. who has walked across the Mets stage or like, hey... What's your singing philosophy? Hey, how do you sing this note? You would get like a hundred Or on the Broadway things. stage. Or Broadway or stage. Or in the club stage. Or at the church. Or, or at the whatever. Wherever. And we support all of those styles of singing, as you Love know if you've ever listened to this podcast before. Okay. But but here's here's when I definitely deal with respiration. I have a new student. Okay. As many of you do right now, Vocal Fam, right? It like is, it's October the first. Wait a minute. Is it mid semester yet? A whole is bunch of y'all inherited new students in August, right? Like yep. I'm not making that up. Yep. Like that's a thing. That is a okay. thing. Okay. If thought. they're fresh to me, we start working other stuff first. We're doing our SOVTs. We're doing our register yeah. breaking. We're doing our vowel shapes. We'll eventually deal with respiration, but again, I don't foreground it. I deal with it if I need to, though. So one of my students, shall remain nameless, um, undergraduate, they've taken a lot of voice lessons before. Oh, okay. It's kind of a different experience. And they do some... Things that I think are slightly inefficient. That's a very diplomatic statement. How's that, vocal fam? That's so diplomatic. Let me describe what they're doing. When they inhale, they deliberately try to take a quote-unquote diaphragmatic breath. Mm-hmm. As they say, down there is how they describe it. Mm-hmm. So clearly, somebody was doing something good. They avoided a clavicular breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except what this individual does is distend their lower abdomen as far as they possibly can on inhalation. Mm -hmm. And then they go to do something when they turn the air around, except what happens. And so, by the way, let me describe the whole action. So when they kick out their abs, their entire rib cage goes suck inward. Now, how tight does that make your diaphragm, vocal fam? I mean, can you can can you can, can your diaphragm actually stay buoyant and in engaged in a dynamic way if your rib cage is putting all kinds of inward pressure against your diaphragm? Yeah. Well, 
And your poor lungs. So even you might even say you're limiting your lung expansion. That's what I was gonna say. Like, look get, at that Sarah, vocal fan. That tense up there. Like, what, look what at these you? look at these observations that Sarah's making. It's Brilliant. Like, it's like I have a master's, guys. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Every once in a while, it shows itself. Uh, so then when they go to phonate, yeah, their rib cage sucks even more tightly together. And they squeeze in their mid-torso. Are they uncomfortable? So it's literally abdomen kicks out, torso squeezes, go to phonate, abdomen kicks out further, torso squeezes even harder. My mental image right now is something to behold. Actually, and there's another move that happens. When they go to phonate, the sternum also goes straight toward their belly button. So it's literally yeah, just no, a they like fold in for, they like fold. That's probably the only way they, at that like, point they can get they air out. They fold straight mid torso toward the front. That sounds wildly uncomfortable. And then the tone like literally they are blowing so much exhalatory force uh-huh. because we know thanks to Hickson that the rib cage can produce three times the exhalatory force than the abs can. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So that that that's go back and half. go back and read Hickson, everybody. So we know that your rib cage can put a whole lot of exhalatory force against the glottis. Uh-huh. Guess what happens? So much exhalatory force that their flabby glottis gets blown apart. And then guess what we call that? We call that pushing. So does it come out as a pressed tone or yes. does it sound breathy? Both. Because I was gonna say like because you know you get I, it. I, it I is mildly breathy. Out. Well, it it ends up in not being able to get through the phrase. That sounds so uncomfortable. Like that, honestly, that makes me hurt for And them. so, at first, obviously, we introduce them just to the idea of just going, Bruh. Yeah. Did they try to do that, like, really forcefully? I can demonstrate though? it for you. Uh-huh. They start it nicely. Uh-huh. Let's say we were just doing 5-3-1. They go, That's that's very very similar. So, so, (laughs) this is a case, vocal fam, where I needed to foreground respiration because even to achieve our flow phonation goals Uh and our resonance shape goals. Now, I will say we've already got a nice eval going. So helpful. Uh, That's been the one shape actually that's been the easiest for this person to actually transition towards. But gosh, when they go to sing an awe vowel, their whole their whole belly just sticks out. Their their like rib cage compresses down toward the front, like they're doing a crunch. Do they enjoy singing? Like uh, that would make it unenjoyable for me. It's 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 really remarkable actually how effortful it is. Cuz like that just sounds unpleasant. And and because they've had so much training uh-huh. toward this end. Well, the habit. Correct. I mean like that's going to be a butt to break. That is going to well, require Well, look. Just- look, how do you break habits, vocal fam? You put good habits in place, right? Yeah. So this is the case where I've brought back out the stick. The stick. The stick. Okay. I have one of those weapons yeah, uh, that, which yeah. Ninja Turtle is it? Was Gosh, it Donatello? I, I wasn't a real Teenage Mutant Ninja Who carried Turtle fan. this? Which, which Ninja Turtle carried the thing? And I forget the name of yeah, it. I think in, in, in Japanese it's like a bow, maybe? 
Um, it, okay, but it's so the, you it's brought the, the stick back so out. So I brought the staff out. The staff. And I put it behind their arms and had them forcibly, unfortunately, keep their rib cage open, which I don't love to do anymore because it's, it's, it's it can create its own aggressive things. But boy, does it make them aware of how much they're trying to pull their sternum toward their belly button when they sing. Uh-huh. And aware of their inhalation. Now, I got to say, this student is so willing to change. Oh, but that's wonderful because like, I wasn't sure. Like, you like can have- I got to give them credit where credit is due. They, like, have do- dove in and they want to be better. That's like you got to give your student. Can we just all have a round of applause for our students that genuinely want to like, sing better? Yes, oh, we love you. We love you. Well, just being willing to try. Just oh, give it a shot. If you hate it, whatever. Totally. Throw it out the window. But I will say so. Going back to the whole thing, like the whole question of. When do I do it? It's when I need to feel like I need to undo some weird thing that has actually been taught. Because here's the thing. Humans do not naturally breathe the way this individual is trying to sing. This was a taught behavior. Now, I don't want to knock anybody's teaching, vocal fam. That is not what this podcast is about. they may not have... It also may have have been lost in translation. Yeah. Maybe it didn't start like that. Right. And because you can, any singer, no offense to all of us singers, could take a good idea and take it too far. Too far. Or what have you. But here's a case when I see somebody come in with this kind of situation where there has been a learned and developed respiratory behavior, that is when I. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So we're going to deal with this. <laughs> so we're working with the stick. We're going to probably move to our hands over his head. We're trying to... I actually had them... I also have people go seated in this position, hunched over, so they can actually just feel the fact that they don't have to go in that direction. Have um, never made anyone lay down? I try not I mean, to I know do that's that. Weird. I try not to do that anymore. Yeah. I, there was period of my career where I probably would have done that. Um, Young Sarah. Uh, not taught. I never asked anyone to do that, but was asked to do that in lessons, but it wasn't that weird. Yeah, and it, it's in fact, it's entirely possible. Come on, don't go to sleep, computer. <laughs> it's entirely possible that um, that this individual actually... Uh, I mean, it might have been in one of those situations where they were laying down and making sure the books didn't collapse on their belly. Well, I almost wondered, because, like, in another life, like, again, young Sarah, direction I was given at one point was the thing where you, like, put your fin- your hands on your stomach with yep. your fingertips touching, mm-hmm. and they tell you, like, when you take a breath in to, like, you want them to come apart. And some people will say, like, oh, yeah, make sure they come apart, like, a whole inch or something. But also, when you're, like, nine, you have no idea how big an inch is, and... <laughs> You just think like, well, the further apart my fingers, trying go, the to better, think, right? Trying to think of my daughter thinking about how far apart an inch is, right? Like, but but anyway, so there's a lot of exercises out there. So we are moving towards reimagining this individual's respiration. Yeah, you're Be- completely remapping. And it. I'm trying mapping is a good word for it. Yeah, trying to remap it. Uh, trying trying to give them perhaps behaviors to replace behaviors rather than just trying to Taking say no it just don't do no we're, we're trying to avoid that yeah 
Well, that doesn't help because. But it's really remarkable because, like, I'm drawing I'm drawing fingers on my side for Sarah to have this awareness. But like, right below my peck to like just above my belly button, that area, this person just like does like an actual physical, not like their not like their rectus abdominis engages. I mean, they actually move those two areas together in a oh. standing position when they go to phonate. Sounds so. Maybe I'm just not flexible, but that just sounds wildly uncomfortable. That sounds like something I used to try to do in yoga and was not good at. Um, so again, hey, listen, if you're out there and that's actually your method of respiration and it works for you, I am so happy for you. I just want you to know that. Don't change it. If you're a rock star and, and you're breathing way that you, way, you should not change it. In, because I'll, I'll compare this I'll compare this to a golf idea because I think there's a lot of analogies in golf and singing. I don't talk about golf a lot in the podcast. You really don't. But my going into my senior year of, of I played golf in high school. We won a few league championships. Ooh. I was I was never that good, but but for those of you who are golfers, I by by my senior year I was down to an eight handicap. I was you know, I, could, I could play golf. Um right before golf season, I was playing super duper well, consistently shooting in the seventies really playing some that good golf. Nice number. Had I been able to putt better, it, I would have been closer to, you know, a, a three or four handicap, but, but putting. Um, anyway, right before golf season, my golf coach, who I oh, didn't no. necessarily get along with, suggested I do something different with my wrists. I'm guessing that didn't I was hitting well. the ball so well, and then that one thing, and I tried it, I played poorly all season. It was not until I was in college that I actually remedied that one stupid thing. Yeah. It like totally ruined my golf swing. That's like went from being an eight handicap to like I had trouble like breaking 95. Like it was That's not great. Terrible. And you know, so if you're out there singing and what I've just described as what I'm trying to undo from this individual, if that's working for you, if you're doing your crunch and it's working for you, you know what? Stick to it. Good for you. We're not talking to you. We're just saying that I just wanted to address a situation where I have been actually teaching respiration to a student in the studio. Mm -hmm. So yes, vocal fam, believe it or not, it does happen. Um, so that's a thing. That's a that's, that's a, thing. a thing. And we're that's working on our panting with this student as well. Yeah. And working staccati into the panting and this sort of thing and, and doing our thing. And we'll get there. Well, we're going to get there because the student is willing. They're, that's, like, just huge. If someone's unwilling to even try, you get, there's a point where you just kind of want to be like, why, why are we even doing this? Why are we here? Yeah, I do find that there is a category of student that sometimes just like did you just come for me to tell you you sound good i uh, yeah did... i hate that you just hit it on the head actually Do you want me to just reaffirm everything you already think yeah. like yes there is a population of people who study singing and you know what if they're paying you and you realize that's the case then maybe you should just roll with it yeah. And help them feel as comfortable as they can rather than doing what and go forth and be confident. That's Listen, because because you're I, I hope that our job is to give our students joy 
and more joy in their singing. Now, if at some point that student who doesn't seem to want to change and just wants to be told that they're good says, boy, I'm just really struggling with that. That's your window to say, well, let's try this way. This is a little different. And sometimes, look, with some of us, look, some of us in general in life are slow to change, right? I mean, I tell Jamie, that's a thing all the time. Like you have to give me a new idea, but then you have to let me sit with it. Sometimes, depending on how big, like sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it takes a few days. Can I just say, I've this has been an observation that I have made about colleagues in the South. Yeah. Like in the Northeast, people want to know the thing, they want to do the thing, and they want to change the thing and move on. In the South, I have noticed that what I need to do here at work, for example, is introduce an idea to people, and then you just let them let sit on it. For sometimes a day, sometimes a week, sometimes a month, sometimes a year. And eventually they'll come around to it. Yep. This is a this is a this is, is that a, a southern thing? This is a I have found this to be a southern cultural thing. Cause like once I've decided on something, I want to get it done. Like once I've come to that, like, okay, let's make this happen, I'm there. But not like, that there aren't, of course, individuals on both sides of this all around the of world. Of course. Of course. But it is a it is a more thing that I have noticed culturally, let's say. Not at, not per individual, but cu- the culture here I have had to get acclimated to because you know, I was raised I, buy that. I was raised in the Northeast. We have an idea, we talk about it, we do a thing, we make the change, we move on with our lives. That's not how. Nah, if we're gonna change a plan, you need to float it to me and then just give me give me a few minutes. Yeah. Let me just let me let me take a little walk. I'll come back and I'll probably be there with you. I can recognize it's a good idea, but change. It was like when we first decided to do a podcast. Sarah was like, "It took me. I don't know about this." I'm like, "Okay, you know, this is an opportunity." Here we sit, five years later. Yeah, I'm still here. No, and now, like, this is definitely a big part of my life. Yeah. To the point that, like, I think when I first moved to Atlanta, I I did get very upset because I was very worried that I would not be able to podcast anymore. And here we are. Little did I know how big using the internet to do things would become. Right? How about you, vocal family? Little did I know. Are you ever on the internet? Do do you do anything on the internet? I'm on the internet. Okay, transitioning then to our pop culture news of the week. About a week ago, well, over the summer, you know, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney for uh, basically breach of contract for Black Widow because they released it on Disney Plus and she's claimed it cost her $50 million and et cetera, et cetera. Fortunately, and then of course the House of Mouse countersued and basically everybody stomped their feet and threw, threw a bunch a of, fit. it was a whole bunch of childlike temper tantrums all about basically everybody getting a payday. In the end, thankfully last night they came to a resolution and Scarlett Johansson will continue to be involved Good. in Disney projects moving forward in a joint press release, including, I believe she's starring in the Tower of Terror movie movie oh that's cool um so based on what i read this morning i'm sure that was a now speaking of disney lawsuits if you're not following along the the estates of steve ditko and stan lee basically the parents are dead the kids are running the show and the estates the kids want their payday of course they are suing disney for the rights to yikes your mom and them as we would say here in mississippi 
Uh, I mean, it's it's everybody: Spider Man, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, the Fantastic Four, Captain Marvel, Nick Fury. I mean, it's just it's, everyone. I haven't been following this out of curiosity. What is their claim like? Well, they claim that they should have the rights to the characters. Even they're, though they're I assume Disney has at some point paid the estate, one would see. You got to remember that two decades ago, Marvel as a company was bankrupt. Yeah, and it's in the '90s it started selling off pieces. Yeah, and now Disney, the House of Mouse, has gone back about buying all those rights back together. Now, of course, Sony was being the lone stand out to, to that holding Spider-Man. on to those Spider-Man Spider-Verse rights um, but they sort of have a working agreement sort of sort of remember when there was that brief it's, like oh I think that period. relationship is still dysfunctional I'm so sure let's it not is. but um but cuz you know Sony's going to end up releasing stuff about this Spider-Man movie that is going to make Kevin Feige light his hat on fire yeah um or he will light his hat on fire just from his pure rage. Just spontaneously. But combust. anyway, my guess is those estates will get a nice hefty payday. I'm sure. And they'll well, settle out like of court. It's not like Disney can't afford it. Well, I don't know. Whether or not they should do it, like, as far as I right or know. wrong. Anyway, so that's in the news coming up. Now, a little bit more on the fringe part of our pop culture, because we recognize that those of you who listen to this podcast know that we're big Doctor Who fans. Yeah. But we also recognize that not every American or every worldwide listener is a fan of, of a strange, essentially British <laughs> sci-fi show that's been on the air for 75 years. Um, a long time. Actually, 59. But we're close to the 60th anniversary. We're closing it's in on the 60th times. in 2023. Um but Doctor Who announced over the summer, of course, that Chris Chibnall, the much-criticized current showrunner of Doctor mm-hmm. Who, and Jodie Whittaker, who we adore... I do love Jodie. Um, our current Doctor will be stepping down in those roles, um, and uh, we will have a new showrunner and a new Doctor as of 2023. But does it count as a new showrunner? So the news was announced... By, so. Over the summer, it was largely conjectured that either Doctor Who would probably either get um, in, in one of the things about having a show about an alien who can change shape all the time is that yeah. the first twelve iterations of those were all white men. Of course. Uh, except they had been little by little introducing the idea that the villain, the Master, had regenerated into a woman. That was a big step. And that other characters like Lord President had generated into a person of color female. So, okay. Now we know that the Doctor doesn't have to be a white, old, white dude. They even made references to... uh, Yeah. So anyway, the assumption over the summer was, because there's a very bad tradition in television, even in current TV, that you either can get your representation in your showrunner or in your lead but you generally tend to not get both Both. which is bogus yeah however let's presume that that sort of stands for doctor who i'm hopeful that last week's news about the new showrunner means that we will get a bipoc individual as the doctor that would be very cool now they announced that none other in the most shocking doctor who news since 
ever. It, yeah. 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 Um, that none other than Russell T. Davies will be back Returning. as showrunner. The same showrunner who launched Doctor Who in the first place in 2005. New Who. The New Who. Uh, I loved that season. It's four seasons. So he was responsible for Eccleston and Tennant. So it was in the entirety of series one, two, three, four, and the bonus episodes of season four. I loved all of those. A couple of things to consider from this. We have to remember that obviously the showrunner... Showrunners in British-style TV are basically... Think of them as, like, your director in a Hollywood movie. And I feel like he always did, like, the overarching theme. Like, the episodes were really more up to your writers. But yes. the overarching, like, And British, British TV doesn't do, like, American TV shows. Like, American TV shows typically run on a writer's room where there might be 15 to 18 writers in a room mm-hmm. and they're all pitching story ideas and then coming up with the actual scripts. Yeah. That's how Hollywood functions on TV. British shows, actually, the showrunner writes kind of the more important things. They yeah. act as the director. But then there are single other writers for episodes. And I, I like that. I actually, like, low-key, don't know if this is a popular or unpopular opinion, I actually preferred Moffat as an episode writer than as the showrunner. So some of Moffat's best... Moffat, then uh, just Stephen Moffat, everybody, took over for Doctor Who, for RTD, for mm-hmm. series is five through series ten, which was Capaldi's last. So he was the mm-hmm. showrunner for the four series of Matt Smith, or no, three series of Matt Smith, five, six... Five, six, seven, and the three series of Capaldi, yeah. eight, nine, ten. Um, Stephen Moffat did, however, write some of the best episodes like of of the RTD Ooh. era. The famous Blink episode. Um, he also wrote. I looked it up the other night. He oh. also <laughs> wrote um, Family of Blood. Oh my gosh, that's a good episode. He also wrote Doctor Dances. I love that episode. Um, uh, so some of the best episodes were written of that whole era were written by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Um, but some of the best episodes of that era were written by none other than RTD himself. Yep. Um, so we also have to remember that in that era, the BBC basically launched that show with no budget. No budget. And if you watch the first season, the second season, you see it. The first four seasons are the pre-HD HD TV era. Yeah. They were for analog TV signal, and they also had no budget. Yeah. It was actually RTD's farewell with the planet where they're on the sand planet with the bus and lady whatever yeah, her yeah, name yeah, is creepy lady. that was the hg hd i keep seeing hgtv like where it's home <laughs> and garden <laughs> but that was their hd premiere and then also the end of time two-parter yeah tenants farewell was also in hd but that was the only where they even had hg h oh my gosh HD. high definition television um <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> i'm interested though to see what he does what um rtd does now there's some other information about this uh, on on the point of budget because he'll not have budget rtd also founded a production company with mm. two of his other writers both of whom are female okay that's cool called bad wolf 
I didn't realize that. Doctor Who is now a going to be a joint production between the BBC and Bad Wolf. And Bad Wolf. That's so perfect because if you watch Doctor Who, Bad Wolf is like a, the season one arc. Arc is Bad Wolf. Rose's Bad Wolf. arc is Bad Wolf. I live for Bad Wolf and Rose. Like. Li- Things you don't care about about me. My gamer tag, like my go-to one, is Bad Wolf Nim, which Nim is a reference to Game of Thrones. But anyway, now you know. Anyway, so it will be interesting to see double production company, and he has said he'll keep the tradition that Chibnall has had in bringing in a diverse group of writers. Love it. Um. So, but. He in the in the promotional picture that he released in like the tenant mm-hmm. jacket and the Dalek, he looks like a kid in a candy store. Again. Oh, I now, bet he is living his here's best the thing. life. <laughs> we also have to remember that RTD himself has changed a lot. His last show, It's a Sin, um, is a huge drama set in the AIDS epidemic of the 1980s. Wow. Um, so. I mean, he has developed as a writer and a showrunner and has good. been currently writing very heavy material, which will be interesting to see how he comes back to Who. With that. With that. Which, not that Who hasn't ever tackled no, heavy issues. it does, but it's also... Now, so here's one of the things that people expect. There yeah. are kind of two rumors that are circulating with this. One, that Doctor Who could end up being put to bed for a while. That you bring back the original showrunner basically to put a bookend on it, and for yeah. th- you do three more seasons, and then you put it to bed maybe until the 75th anniversary. Like so, he but he will be he will be the director for the 60th anniversary episode. I'm very excited for that. Which probably means because also one of the other things that's exciting about this is Billy Piper just said she's willing to come back to Who. That it's been long enough. Like also, what we know that Tenant would come back anytime they ask. There are memes on the internet already of like Tenant calling Russell T Davies, (laughs) like pretending to be the. He will not be the doctor, but. I would actually hope... People, I would love to see people, Meta. People are kind of r- rumoring that he'll be the Metacrisis Doctor. That's what... Because that would make the most sense. Like, he has aged. You can't play it off as him just being... I want him to be a... Ve- I want him to be a regeneration of the Master. That would be so good. Because he plays villains. Oh, my gosh. So, well, well... he's one of the greatest villains in the entirety of oh Marvel my gosh, televised. And Jessica... I mean, just in Jessica Jones. I mean, that season of Jessica Jones was... I would love to see... I didn't even know I wanted that. I would love to see Rose come back. Uh, I would love... Also, Eccleston. I would love... Because Christopher Eccleston was the first Doctor for one season. He had a huge falling out with the BBC. He has now since made up with the BBC. Which is peachy. Because I loved his Doctor. I loved his Doctor. I would love it if we got him as maybe a Metacrisis Doctor... And he, for one shining moment, got to tell 13 that she was fantastic. That's what I want. That That is what I want in the 60th anniversary episode. For all the criticism, for all the criticism that Jodie's had as the first female doctor, I I want Eccleston to look at her and say, and you were fantastic. That's like the, him saying, coming back and saying that, I feel like would be on the level of Steve from Blue's Clues coming back and telling us he's proud of us. 
Or Luke yes. Skywalker appearing in the season two finale of The Mandalorian? Yes. Oh, wait, just that those, actually happened. Just those moments that make you like, everything's going to be okay. There are still, there are some good things going on out there. Like Because Jody's doctors had to deal with some stuff. Yes. Yes, she has. Um, and I more mean that in like a public social media standpoint yeah. i'm sure jody does not read that garbage i hope she doesn't um, i love jody well i think her her doctor's done some of the most important stuff of any doctor ever that video that she released at the beginning of the pandemic that are you was kidding yeah that was great how you have your costume just hanging out in your closet always that's amazing i have a closet of costumes um not really but sort of but she wishes she had a guest room with just a closet full of costumes. I do. I'm again. I am not convinced. I didn't halfway like kind of get into theater because I just like dressing up. I mean, it's a reasonable dress up. It's a reasonable thing. That's all I want. Halloween, I live for it. It's a reasonable. Uh... Who doesn't love getting to pretend to be someone else? Anyway, so vocal fam, look, lots of pop culture news lots this week. Happening. If you're not watching Spicy what if, if you're time. not watching Marvel's What If, like you what totally are you totally should. What are you doing? I called my dad and I was like, look, look, look. This show has been something that like you probably don't have to watch it to, to like know what's going on. And, like it's not going to contribute anything to the movie. So I was like, but then this week, things happened. How about that last weekend Stranger Things trailer too? Oh my gosh, they're so old. <laughs> They're so grown up. They're not the little little kids riding around well, on their I mean, bikes. Millie Bobby Brown's kind of like the new superstar. Oh of, my uh, gosh, she's. But yeah, I just watched that. I was like, oh, yeah, they're so old. I mean, they're I, almost like like Steve. I'm like, they're gonna be taller than him. Oh, for sure. It's hysterical. For sure. I don't know if he counts as like the dad anymore. <laughs> no way. Um, but he just looks like the guy who drives the car. He just poor Steve. Poor Steve. His life taking uh, some turns. Granted, all of them. Not as much as what's her name's life. Uh, the mom. No, the older sister. Oh, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy's life was always falling apart all around her Kinda at all was. times, pretty much. I. If yeah. you've not watched Stranger Things on Netflix, Vocal Fam, that's a it's good. A great show. Man, my wife and I have binged through so many things these last couple of weeks because we keep ending up watching these things that are like only like one season. Oh. We watched Clickbait on Netflix. Like, whoa, y'all. If y'all have not watched Clickbait on Netflix, oh gosh, okay, uh, thriller kind of not not thriller but like suspense, suspense. like like who's the murderer kind of thing. Oh yeah, I like stuff like um, that. Uh, that's good. Uh, we we just watched the whole se- first season of Hacks on HBO. That mm. was funny and lighthearted. Um, although at times, as all modern comedies that are gritty tend to be, also dramatic that makes sense uh that makes sense so lots of good uh lots of good bingeable content out there vocal fam this is not the is insisting that we finish parks and rec before we watch anything new which is funny because like you've not watched we've watched it all no that's the thing we started a rewatch and normally i'm the one that's like uh like i'm stressed i can't start something new but right now i don't even think he's stressed he's just we started it he wants to finish it but i will say we're watching it on peacock and we are increasingly convinced that there are there are scene not even full scenes but there are bits that were cut from the stuff that was aired originally and that was on netflix that have been included because like we were watching an episode last night and like multiple times we were like that was not in the original that was so not okay for example 
One of the things they introduced, it's the episode before the last season. Tell me if you remember this. The episode before the, the before last the season. Before the last season, they um, have just had the Unity concert. Okay. And they're going back to Tom's restaurant. And at Tom's restaurant, uh, Ron is, like, talking to his wife. Tammy, too, shows up. And he's like, do you want to have some fun? And in that scene, he, he tricks Tammy and... Uh, jam what's his name jam the the you've been jammed guy i can't remember his name i don't remember the counselor the really annoying fight the dead orthodontist that or dentist that fights with leslie all the time usually uh uh councilman uh jam Uh yes he tricks them into getting together in that episode and i swear that in the original airing that you don't see them get together. You just all of a sudden you go into that final season and they've been together for an undisclosed length of time because and we were like, oh, this is it's so much better the original way because what it implies is that Ron kind of ruined Camp- Councilman Jam's life, like got him to that state and that he was with that horrible woman for like three years. And I swear that was like they both like they set it up like Ron goes and talks to Jam, Jeremy, that's his name, Jeremy Jam. And uh, his wife Diane goes and talks to Tammy, and they both kind of trick them into getting together. And I swear, we were like, okay, that was not in the original. So I am a little more okay with finishing it now because I'm like, what, what else hmm. was cut? Like there have been little scenes and things, like little moments that we were like, that wasn't in the original. I know because I've watched Parks and Rec. A I just, lot. I just live for Ron's moment of reading Burns on the shores of Loch Fulham. We did just watch it. It's a good show. It's a good show to rewatch. Like, I'm not mad, but I'm also like, I would like to watch some new stuff while I want to watch new stuff. That was one of those moments where my wife looks over at me on the couch and is like, are you crying? (laughs) That sounds right. Yes, I am. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Vocal fam, Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? I tried this new yogurt. It's like, it says it's like from ice. It's like some Icelandic. I think it's spelled like S-K-Y-R. It was good. No chocolate. I'm on a healthy. I'm, I'm not on a healthy kick. All right. I'm on a. I'm trying to make when I'm at home better choices. And if I do have something kind of desserty, it has like nutritional value. There you go. So like, I bought the hummus that's got the like like for when I want something sweet. I bought that hummus that's like desserty. No. No. Nope. It's actually delicious. I know what you're talking about. I'm out. It's delicious. That is not my jam. It, when I want something chocolate, though, I I either, like, I feel like it would be better to eat this hummus than to go eat a cookie. Okay. Because the hummus has actual nutritional value. Not that the cookie doesn't have nutritional okay. value. You know I'm all about a cookie, friends. But anyway. Anyway. I don't know if it's on, like, a health kick, but it's a healthier. Speaking of, this was the other thing. I forgot I wanted to bring this up with the Scarlett Johansson thing. Yeah. Has the weird Scarlett Johansson Snowbites commercial come through your feed yet? No. Scar Snow Jo bites? must have been worried that like with his whole Disney thing that, that she was going to be blacklisted. She keeps coming through my social media feed for an a gluten-free pizza roll. Like that they straight up got Scarlett Johansson to, to do a social media ad for a gluten-free pizza roll. My advertisements must know I'm not about that life. <laughs> I'm not either. But like You eat healthier than me though. They said this man, he he likes Marvel, he likes health. 
he might buy this. I guess that's how the algorithm got there, but I my, well, that that's not the problem. The thing I kept thinking is how, why? why did she need to do this commercial? She probably didn't. Um, that or she just really loves, loves pizza rolls. Those pizza rolls. Maybe. Like maybe. I don't maybe know her. maybe I don't her know sister her. made them or something. Maybe. You never Who knows? know. You Who never knows? know, vocal fam. Uh listen, we'll be back at you next week, right? That sounds uh, right. I don't. I mean, remember. we're here every week. <laughs> let me see. Hold on one second, vocal fam. Um, as we're as we're wrapping up here, uh, let me just see if we have guests next week or I if feel we. Like uh, we oh, do. Carrie Obert on the oh, podcast we next week. Talk about do. twang. <laughs> Big, big, big episode. Talk about twang next week. So uh, season five continues to just uh, surprise and blow up. punches. Yeah, we're swinging like a, what do you call it? MMA fighter? Is that what it is? I don't know. Or were the ultimate fighting people, UFC people? Isn't that MMA? Isn't that mixed martial arts? I don't know. Anyway, Vogel fam. The ultimate fighting people, they can do anything. I think they can like bite and stuff. I don't know. Listen, Vogel fam. We don't know anything about fighting. We really don't. But we do know some things about breathing for singing. Maybe not for life. Maybe not life. Don't ask me life advice. We don't know. Anyway, that's it, Vocal Fam. We out. Oh, we are the Vocal Fry Podcast, sponsored by Plural Publishing. (laughs) Again, we are the Vocal Fry (laughs) Podcast, sponsored by Plural Plural Publishing. Publishing. Part of NatsCast. Part of the NatsCast Network. Peace out. (laughs) Woo-hoo.